here we go again yeah baby what is up everybody and welcome back to another fine fine episode Mm -hmm. episode 69 of the neon belly podcast and if you're down with the pod you know me it's nate and it is also john and brandon and boys i am freaking jacked after last night's ufc london fight night card which was headlined by tom aspinall versus alexander volkov and i cannot wait to talk about that we're gonna break it down then we're gonna set you guys up with our picks and predictions for this saturday's ufc fight night which will be headlined by curtis blades versus chris dacus baby Mm -hmm. then we're Mm -hmm. back to our all-time mma team segment this week we're taking a trip around europe your rip. Euro trip. Euro trip, baby. You seen that movie? I have. Then, per usual, it's a good movie. We're gonna finish with all the news and happenings in the world of MMA, and then Brandon's got this like weird kamikaze sneak attack. Facts don't care about your feelings. That we don't know when it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> but it's gonna get inserted at some point in this episode. All that and more. But first, boys, how we doing? How we doing? Episode sixty nine of the Neon Billy Podcast. Uh, real quick, I am hearing. Are like, you leading off with the the facts? No, okay. Okay. I'm I'm hearing like sounds and music, but I don't hear you guys. So just just let you know where I'm at with my headphones. Well, we've we've told Brandon for months. Well, probably about over a year and they're a half fine. Now. Yeah, yeah. We just like literally just had this conversation with Brandon's friend Chase, uh, who works at Best Buy, to get him headphones. Chase said he's offered them. Brandon said his are fine, but we're still here. Yeah, I haven't had any issues till today. I think they're done. I think it's just time to yeah, move Yeah, they might on. be cooked, We're my boy. Here, I, I think we need to have, let's have a funeral for him. Let's bear, we'll literally bear. I, mm. I'm so okay with burying him in my backyard. I will dig the hole. All and right. we will have a ceremony and everything. We'll even put it close to the koi pond. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it'll have like a, deep enough hole for like a shoebox or yeah, something. Yeah. They will have a good resting place mm-hmm. in my backyard in front of my pond. Kind of excited for that. We'll do it. John, you've got a bottle of piss uh, that you brought in here. Is that reason <laughs> you, you got a drug test or no, something? No, it's iced tea. <laughs> like, what is this? Drink packet, dog. What doggy. did you feel in your water bottle? Little iced tea drink packet, dog. Literally looks like you filled urine in an ice mountain bottle, and you took time to put a cutie sticker on it. Yeah, I had an orange on my way here. <laughs> okay, but you—that's not urine. Yeah, no. After it's, having it's iced tea, that literally that doesn't look like tea at all. All right, uh, all right. Yeah, definitely, it's tea. So, boys, we we have a lot to get to, yeah. and so if there's nothing else, if anybody has anything, speak now because I'm. I'm still kind of reeling from last I, night. I mean, I know. Yeah. And like, I was almost thinking, like, we should have just done the episode last night. I wish I would have thought about that with it being yeah. so early. But then I thought, like, man, I was on such a high last night. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just no way that I would have been able to probably function um, for an episode. Let me get my phone. Oh, it's right here. So, uh, per usual, we're just going to jump into it. But per usual, we ask that if you are listening, mm-hmm. now more than ever, yeah, we need support please free we don't ask any money no not yet the best way that you can support us and our content is obviously by subscribing clicking Mm -hmm. the follow button whatever platform but if you have an iphone if you're listening on apple Podcasts, please 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 a million times over go give us a five star write us a review like i said it goes a long time every time we get written reviews our numbers go up baby and that's what we like to see. And boys, I have screenshotted. We're a little bit behind. We've had two new reviews. Oh, mm. dang. And I'm going to read those off right now. And we ask the people, we want good nicknames. Because you don't have to use your real name when you write this review. Right. And we actually said, we want good nicknames. Yeah. We got some good ones. Yes. From Young Fats, P-H-A-T-S. 
Always funny, very informative on all things MMA. Five stars. Nice. And from one that's <clears throat> probably my favorite so far. Nickname or review? Nickname. Okay. Swag, 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 two Gs. Mm. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> swag, 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 two Gs. Said very easy to listen to. Beyond interesting talks that I enjoy and keep me entertained. Favorite podcast right next to the JRE. Whoa. We're up there, baby. Dang. We're going to the moon. Can we like screw pin you, that or something? Shab. Yeah, we, yeah. The top. we might put that in our Instagram bio. But yeah, screw you, Brendan Schaub. We're ahead now. So please, please. Keep them up. Keep them up. Let's go. Let's get this. Like I said, when we get reviews, our numbers go up because people find us. We get thrown into algorithms on Apple Podcasts. <clears> it's, <throat> it seems so small and stupid, but it's so easy and it goes a long way. And it lets us know that you guys are out there. Yeah, just show some love, man. Please. Boys, let's get into this. Last night, UFC fight night, uh, the O2 in London. Let's just start there. Yeah, let's put some numbers out there, man. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, high, what was it? The highest grossing for fight night of all time. Yeah. Broke the record. Like the attendance. Um, we need London, the UK deserves more MMA, live fights. Yeah. And the crowd, I mean, it's always been a good crowd, right? Mm-hmm. But. The UK now has a stable of legitimate, legitimate UFC fighters right. and contenders. And for so long, you know, the UFC would go to London and the UK fighters would lose typically. <laughs> like, you know, being real. Yeah. There was just never, you know, you'd have like Ross Pearson, you know, Michael Bisping, or, you know, we've seen Darren Till lose in London. Remember, he had that big opportunity mm-hmm. and he ended up losing, you know, so just. Last night was just literally, I can't really put it into words yet, but just was such a special card, top yeah. to bottom, literally the, from the first fight on, mm-hmm. um, and just really something magical, and I love, I just don't get this from any other sport too often, but mm-hmm. with MMA, it's just when it all comes together, it comes together, man. Yeah, it seems like when they go to the countries that have like that soccer following, that know how to be a crowd and know how to really affect a building. Yeah. I think that's because Brazil gets like when the Brazilian fighters are there, they turn up and then now you're seeing it in the UK. They have people to get behind and they show up. And I love, you know, I'm a big soccer fan, European soccer as well, like football, whatever you want to call it. But and that's what that atmosphere reminded me of. The Mm -hmm. singing, the chant. Like Mm -hmm. we don't do that in America. Oh, they put us to shame over there. USA. I want more UK cards. Yeah. And I want it now. I want to go to one. Oh, man. Don't even get me going. What do you think? Because part of it was COVID, right? Like the reason why we had <coughs> yeah, that was the so delay. Many. I think yeah. Okay, there say. also really wasn't a lot of contenders from there. It's kind of well, like you know we, we always they, want consistently gone, but they yeah. just finally have people that really right. I think the crowd can finally start getting behind truly and genuinely. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, but last night was bananas, and I'm still like I said <sighs> reeling. And let's just get right into it, let's baby. Go, baby. Tommy Aspinall defeating Alexander Volkov. Via submission, a straight arm lock in round one, made it look easy. Let's yeah, be honest. Really and, easy. And let's be honest. Alexander Volkov. Gives everybody Killer. Fits. Yeah. Literal killer. Fought everybody. Gone five rounds with a lot of people that we look at as some of the greatest in the world right now. Gone. Gone. Yep. And Tommy Aspinall, baby, making it look easy. There was one point, I think the second takedown that he had right before the finish, he's just like pushing on Volkov's chest, just like looking at his corner. Like, are we like, what are we like? Just insane. You know what it reminded me of? Mm. Kier. When Kier was an amateur and he would just take guys down and just look around because he was bored. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, um, I mean, did everything. We said, you know, me and Brandon, we talked about the takedowns. Um, timed them beautiful. I think he had two. Yeah. Um, beautiful timing on all of them. Hands looked fast. Um, 
I just don't know. I think the sky is – I think championship mm-hmm. status is where we're going with this yeah. guy. I think as much as he wanted to take this as a slow, like, get better, which he even said in the post-fight that he still feels like he needs to get better before um, Francis. But it's one of those things where it's like when you perform like this, especially in the big moments yeah, and then at heavyweight, you can't win, like, five in a row at heavyweight and not be close to a title. It's just not how it works. Well, that's why they pushed him there, yeah. right? You know, him and his team have always been – I mean, since he came in, like, we want to take it slow, we want to take it slow, and the UFC is like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, it's not – he's too good, man. Dude, at one point, like, after they touched gloves, he threw a three-piece that was like, whoa, that looked like a bantamweight. And yeah. I was like, well, this is going to be a long night. Yeah. Because you, you, you'd think that he would have struggled to get in on Volkov's no. reach, but he didn't even get a chance to implement no front kicks or anything that Volkov would want to do to try to use his distance because he was just too fast at closing. Yeah. For me, so, like, we kind of knew the hand speed was there, right? We've seen that his past five fights. We, he's had a couple takedowns leading up to this fight, too. But for me, it was like okay, are these takedowns that he's hitting just because guys aren't good wrestlers and he's just got decent timing? And this kind of this fight for me showed, no, this is like something he's very, very adept with, his takedowns and his jiu-jitsu. Like, the jiu-jitsu is what impressed me the mm-hmm. most. I didn't understand. Um, they had mentioned his dad was like one of the first he's black belts. He's a jiu-jitsu coach, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't know that. But anyway, his when he was in that top half guard and he starts pinning the arm, like you can mm-hmm. kind of tell like certain levels, the way guys do things yeah. in certain mm-hmm. positions. And when he's got that top half guard and – start stepping over the arm and yeah. the way he was just controlling him. I was, man, it was just very impressive. Yeah, I almost pulled that Kamora. I know you were getting oh, mad. Yeah, was well, <laughs> and, and like, yeah, we'll get into the, you know, kind of the finer techniques of that submission. That's not an easy submission to hit really in jujitsu. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. tough because guys are always turning, you know, it's kind of hard to lock that up. Mm-hmm. I don't really, we, I don't really recall seeing it very often at all. If it ever in MMA, uh, he's always Gracie. He's the only one. Yeah. Yeah. But. That's a good call right there. Um, but yeah, just the technique and you could see him, you know, you always talk about the motorcycle, like, you know, like red and you just saw him like turn the elbow mm-hmm. and the arm turns and it's just beautiful, beautiful yeah. work there. For well, Tom he, had, he had said that, you know, people have probably only seen 10% of what he feels he can do. And I think that percentage definitely just went up because I mean, you've seen the blast double, but these were you just made it look easy. Yeah. I just can't get over it. <laughs> no. That was Alexander Volkov, guys. Yeah, like I mean, this this isn't like a paint can. I mean, this is a guy that, like I said, he beats Surreal Gone. You know, there's a chance he's wearing the, yeah. the, the would have had the interim title, yep. could have fought Francis. That fight's an interesting fight with Francis. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, who knows what could have happened? I mean, he's just a legit guy. Yeah, I don't think any of the top five guys are like, oh yeah, I think I'm ready for the. Yeah, that's been all problem. That's a different, it's a different puzzle to solve, especially at heavyweight, man. Yeah, what do you think of the call out? Called out Ty Tuivasa. <laughs> I like that call out. I don't like it right now. Um, I really like Tuivasa's going after the Stipe fight, and I think he should stay on that. I, I like that a little. As fun as Aspinall Tuivasa is, and it makes so much sense, mm-hmm. and it would, and I would. I mean, if that happens, fine. I'm not gonna. <laughs> we're these are called champagne, as Tata Martinez, the uh, U.S. Mexican national team coach, calls it. These are champagne problems, man. right? Like we don't. It's, you're winning either way. If he goes Ty Tuivasa, I'm with that. It's cool, but I kind of like Ty Stipe. I think Tom Aspinall. I like gone, man. I mean, yeah. I whoever. I mean, yeah. he's gonna be five or six. You know, um, you know. I, I just don't really know where the whole John Jones thing is. Yeah, you know? that's the big. It is. And Question mark. We've, you know, we got some news with the heavyweight division uh, when we get to the news a little bit later. But, um, I mean, you could put him against really anybody. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm so okay with Tom Aspinall fighting for whatever now. Really. Yeah, yeah I don't even know. Because you've seen Dana talk about wanting to do the John Jones fight. Sure. 
and then with whoever mm-hmm. you, you got to imagine once we get in the news we'll talk about what implications can be for that and then you have two of us are calling out stipe yeah so there's not a i can't think of anybody who i mean if if blades was to win which mm-hmm. we'll get into later that could be a good one for him but i just don't know who else is there yeah without taking on somebody who's one of the top two or three and when two of us is three but yeah there's a lot of matchups and dana's probably not mad about having all these yeah. potential big money fights at heavyweight finally what do you think about it the call, the call out. out yeah yeah i i like the fight itself but it, just in terms of where those guys are at i didn't like it like you said kind of at the time mm-hmm. i think timing's a big deal i think these guys, like you said, Ty's fight with Stipe would be a good one, and I really love Aspinall gone. I think that's... Yeah. I mean, just I think with that wrestling, man, based on how Francis I, That's did. what I'm saying, dude. Like, if you really think about everybody ranked ahead of him right now or who will be come t- today when this comes out Monday... I like how he matches up with everybody. Clear up to Francis Ngannou. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, he I didn't look that small either. I, I like, I was no. kind of talking about like that in last week. Like, well, they've always kind of played him off as that, mm-hmm. but man, he's a, he is a big dude. And yeah, six three, right? Six two, yeah, six, six, like a six, middle linebacker. Yeah, they have him listed at six five. I don't think he's that big, because um, okay. I I've always heard guys say like Volkov's listed at six eight, and everybody says he's a legit six eight. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe around there, but. Thank God that Tom Aspinall was born in the UK because if he was born in America, he'd be playing on Sundays. Oh, 100%. he's built like a freaking defensive end. He's yeah. fast. He'd be a both. He's athletic. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's built like. Yeah, I mean, he's built like. A, I mean, he just has all the attributes of just a top, top elite athlete. And I'm so glad that it's being put into um, mixed martial arts because you know we always talk about what if LeBron James got into MMA or jujitsu or something. You right. know, like some of these like crazy athletes. And Tom Aspinall is that baby. Like he is the. <laughs> specimen of specimens yeah i don't i don't know it was kind of, it was definitely really cool too to have till in his corner and kind of hyping everybody sure. up because like it doesn't seem like aspinall once is like the flashy you know he did do he did celebrate and you could tell their emotion was there but sure. he's still not all in on i'm the baddest man in the planet yet so that yeah. it'll be interesting to see him morph he into might just that. play that all the way though yeah. it just kind of seems you know like oh we'll see but the lot for manchester he can play, man, all day long. Man. I'm with it. Boys, let's move it down. The co-main event, Arnold Allen. Triple yes. A, baby, defeating Dan Hooker via TKO in round one. Just a beautiful display of aggression from Arnold Allen. <laughs> uh, rocked Dan Hooker early and just never let him off the hook. Even got dropped. You know, Hooker caught him with a nice little slick. I think it was a left, if I remember. Mm-hmm. Kind of sent Allen to an it. He kind of went down to a knee, yeah. But just didn't let. Once he, like, he just smelled blood and just never let Hooker mm-hmm. off um, the line. Um, you know, Brandon, you specifically last week were really big on not liking the move down from Hooker. And I think you called that spot on. You know, he just did not look um, like the Dan Hooker that we've seen at 155. Yeah, and I think. One of you had mentioned too, like Arnold Allen being your first test back at forty five mm, is not a super tough. great one, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't want to take anything away from Allen either when I say, oh, yeah, yeah, it's like you know he didn't look great at forty five. He's legit, but, yeah. Um, yeah, it was very much what I expected. Um, wilted pretty early, and again, man, the, just the way he's lost recently. Mm-hmm. He, you, if you pressure Hooker, he seems to fade. He doesn't like it. Um, and I just think that's sort of what. Allen does best, and it was just a terrible matchup. I just thought he looked slow and lethargic. Did you did you get that? Because like when he even walking to the ring, they showed him walking. When he actually got to the arena, he was kind of walking and just I don't know, man. Something about him even leading up to the fight, and then mm-hmm. once he was in the cage, and really once they started going, just to me, just something just seemed off. Yeah, it, it seemed like he was. I mean, and 
you've seen in his worst his worser performance is just starting slow and mm-hmm. just having that. I mean, the Chandler, he was a little bit lazadaisical, and then Chandler explodes, and then that's over. Right. Um, and this felt similar to that. Um, and, you know, like, well, because, like, Jacob texted me and said something about him going to 70, and that might be the better move. Hooker going to 70? Uh, hooker, yeah. Like, yeah. He's tall. He's tall uh, he is longer, but it's just like, yeah, because clearly you left the 45 for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously had a little bit more success at 55, and, yeah, he just can't compete. I mean, he's kind of a man without a division, right? You know? Yeah. He went, I mean, didn't he, it was at 55 when he knocked out Burns? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. that's crazy too. You think about. I know, man. That's what I'm saying. And that just, Dustin fight was close, but just once he kind of got to the top, he just couldn't really compete with those guys up there. You know, like your Dustins and uh, Islam and yeah. Well, the Dustin fight so, I felt was good. Yeah, it was a great. The, oh, it was a great fight. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. he was in that fight. Yeah, no, it was a great. Um, fight. I was I was telling you guys I'd seen I can't remember who it was, but somebody had compared him to like Donald Cerrone. To where when he shows up at his best, he can beat anybody, but mm. he just never gets that it's true. overfight. And I could see him lasting for a long time because he, I mean, he's a dog. This dude ate 100 punches and was still throwing punches, yeah. standing up, wobbling, like uh, still trying to throw knees when he's like hurt. Like yeah. just stuff that, you, you know, think, guys who are dog fighters do. You think he'll stick around for a while? Uh, Not at 45. I, I, at least I hope not. But then again, you know, he's also a victim of his competitiveness. You're going down back to 45 for the first time. Maybe don't go for <laughs> the guy that's won like 17 in right, a row or something. Arnold Allen. Maybe go 11 and 0, one, whatever. It I is. just got a feeling the way he was kind of reacting, which again, right after a fight, super emotional anyway. But I just kind of got the feeling he kind of knows what that loss meant to him. Yeah, but we saw that in Abu Dhabi. Remember when he lost to Islam? He took the gloves off and threw them. You know, like people mm-hmm. kind of questioned after that fight if he was going to be done. Dana also said too in that interview with the Mac Life, he's like, if he loses here, you know, it's it's tough. tough. It's because he's 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 guy without a division i mean yeah. you know you can't compete at the top of 55 now we know you can't compete at the top of 45 70 is a nightmare right now you know and mm-hmm. i don't know man i just don't know what a guy like hooker does it, it's gonna be tough and i like him but once like brandon said though i don't want to take anything we're t- talking too much about hooker and taking away from arnold allen who yeah. is now just like we just said with aspinall He's right at the top. I mean, he's mm-hmm. ready. I don't. We've seen enough from him. I mean, maybe one more kind of bigger test would be nice. Um, and call, give him some beat. We called out Calvin Cater, yeah, another he, fan. He said guitar, guitar. Yeah, Calvin, Calvin <laughs> Guitar. Uh, another <laughs> really good call out. That fight just gives you all the feels yeah. too. I mean, that would just be those two going at it. Them two, you know, Sanhagen, any of those guys up there would be just amazing fights to see. And like I said, when we were you know talking about it. He has only fought one time a year his whole career except for, like, 2015. So to keep getting his name up there and keep building this up, I would love to see him make a quicker turnaround because, I mean, he did take that big left, but outside of that, he it was pretty flawless for him. So Yeah, just got to stay healthy, too. Yeah, That's another thing. for sure. And then our next fight, boys, do you hear it? Do you hear it? Wait. Do you hear that? Do you feel it, though, Brandon? That's what I really want to know. I know you hear it, but do you feel it? Slink it. Patty the Batty, back in the win column, baby, defeating Kazula Vargas via first round rear naked choke. Overcoming another Ooh. early droppage. <laughs> um, but he survived it, man. This guy, he doesn't go away for all the talk. He's tough. He's been tested. The Scouser, right? Ten. The Scouser. Hate Liverpool. <laughs> um, but... I don't know, man. I just don't know what the ceiling is for this guy. I still feel like, as, as impressive as it was, 
Oh, I don't, I don't agree with you there. What? But that was not impressive. I know, man. I just, I don't know. I just don't know what the ceiling is. I still, almost like you, almost have more questions now. Still, this okay? Here we go. You guys ready? Oh, is this the? This, yeah, this, this is it. Is hold it. on, hold on. Let's get it. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. This okay. is the facts. Listen, don't care boys, about your feelings. I, I'm calling it right now. As soon as this dude starts cracking top fifteen, he's gonna be exposed to the point where it's just not gonna be pretty. He's it. It does not yeah. look good. If you go back and look at his his record back when he was at his Cage Warriors, right? Mm-hmm. Warriors, I the way he's lost, he keeps his chin out there. He's very dumpable. People can take him down. His jiu-jitsu didn't look super great off his back. Like, I just don't think you take away the entrance song, you take away the hair, you take away the personality, and you you know it's just game over. I don't know, man. It's yeah. hard. To, it's hard to critique the jujitsu though, because that's how he won the fight. Um, and it was it was clean the way he set up getting yeah, to the back. Like he kind of let him up to sink the hooks in. I mean, you know, Look at it, pull up the, somebody pull up the top fifteen real quick of the of the lightweight division. I mean, you know, Kazula Vargas. You know, he he is still a, a professional mixed martial artist, so okay. it shouldn't be easy. But I'm with you more on the stand up aspect of things. Um, I I don't know if his I think his striking offense is okay, but it's the defense that clearly there's an issue there that needs addressing because now we've seen him in the UFC twice, and he's been dropped in both fights. And when you start moving up that 55-pound, you start looking at I – mean, <laughs> yeah, telling go ahead and read you, him dude. off. You got at 15 that Diego Fiera, Brad Riddell, Gamrot, that Tajuki – Tasharkian, how do you say that? Ar- Armand Sarukian. Yeah. Faziv, McGregor, Gillespie. McGregor's still number nine. Hooker, obviously. Ferguson, RDA, Chandler, mm-hmm. Benil, Islam, Dustin, Gaethje. Yeah, Charles. the striking defense just has to be addressed. Yeah, you can't fight Too Brad late, Riddell man. like that. Oh, is he 28? 27? I don't know, yeah. But he's not like a young 28 in fighting years. He's been fighting for a while <laughs> as a pro yeah. since 2013. And my thing, too, like where I would just like to see kind of the pump the brakes is with the Conor McGregor aspect of everybody already trying to compare him. It's like if you go back and watch Conor's first few fights compared to this guy's, for it just doesn't really add up, man. It's mm-hmm. a, He's just a great, like you said, he's a great personality. The song, everything about him. You want to root for him, but I'm with you, man. I just, I'm, I'm a fan. I was yeah. happy to see him win. I love, I, hey, if he can keep pulling it off, but this is the pinnacle of combat sports and you can't you just can't get hit like that man yeah i think here's what could happen if he would just lean into i'm a grappler and i'm gonna do grappler things i think he could be perfectly fine with his hype i mean i'm okay with him like i just think in today's mixed martial arts you have to be well rounded though so i don't but to go out there hands down doing like more advanced stuff and then just getting cracked obviously you're not ready for that stick to the basics Keep your hands up, throw a jab. Like he, he likes to brawl. I think part, so. Part yeah. of it too, I, like based on when his it's in his rea- blood. When he was interviewing with Bisping, and he was like, "What did you think?" He's like, oh, it wasn't as clean as I wanted." I feel like he knows that he's got this kind of energy behind him, and so he feels like he has to bring these stellar performances, which in a sense Instead he of does. Just going out and taking somebody down, yeah, riding which, their back for ten in, minutes, well, especially over there. They're yeah. not wrestlers over there, remember? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but so when he doesn't do that, you know, it's like, well, I want to engage in this firefight and twice now he's been dropped when he gets into that fire yeah i mean he's i'm saying all this and the dude has two first round wins but they don't look what i would have mm-hmm. expected from and what, one of them was a knockout right so i mean I, 
like I said, I don't have an issue with the offense. I think he looks really good when he comes forward. He's he does have some crafty slick stuff. Um, you can tell it's definitely something. I mean, he's if you watch his YouTube channel, mm-hmm. you know he he's something he works very very hard on, especially because the striking has been so far behind the jujitsu. Obviously, he's a black belt in Brazilian jujitsu, but uh, yeah, I just. We'll see, man. I, I, I'm telling you, as soon as he hits that top 15, it's downhill. I, I don't, you know, we'll get to the call out here in a minute. Another different call out with, with another fight. And, you know, it's just, I want to see, I think we need time. I think he does not need to take a big step in competition. I think another kind mm-hmm. of builder guy. While he, he needs to Sean O'Malley this. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, boys, <laughs> next fight, Gunny, Gunner Nelson comes back defeating Takashi Sato via unanimous decision, 30-26. All three judges. Love to see scorecards like that because I agreed with it. Man, Gunny looks sharp, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told you guys I really like some of that. I don't know if you'd call it ground and pound, but the striking that he was doing from Sato's back, you know, I thought mm-hmm. it was really slick the way he was kind of getting that spacing from the back. But, yeah, what do you guys think of Gunnar Nelson and his return? It's been like two years or something. It's been a while. What I will say real quick before we talk about it is as I was watching it, I was thinking – who does this guy remind me of? And if Brandon was a top league level fighter athlete, he would be Gunnar Nelson. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Physically. The mustache, the demeanor. And I think that's how you would choose to fight. I'd probably do that. I'd be okay with If that. you like created a fighter on UFC, I think he'd make Gunnar Nelson. <laughs> that's what it would look like. Oh yeah. I like it. But I was really impressed, man. I thought, um, at first I felt like he was getting a little bit desperate with the takedowns, but then once he settled in, I think he put on a clinic with his grappling and really didn't allow any type of uh, offense to come toward him. I mean, he did a really good job of controlling things. And even from the back, he attacked a lot of chokes, but he was also making him pay. Like you said, he was able to create enough space to get a little bit of room to land some pretty big shots from behind him. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, really dominant. I think he, I think he gets a, he did a really good job of attacking constantly from the back instead of just holding it and, and having that type of dominance. This was a tough one for me. Okay. So as a, as a jujitsu fan, like, to have somebody's back for that long, mm-hmm. that many rounds, not and not finish. Like, okay, the striking was good, but come on, man. Like, you've, you've got you've got him dead to rights positionally. Yeah. You've got plenty of options off of this. Um, and I, I hate sounding like the guy who's, like, wants to see super exciting fights, right? It's boring when they're just grappling. I'm a jiu-jitsu guy. Like, trust me, nobody loves that shit more than me. But it just got kind of boring. I feel like he... I could be critical in that. I, I see what mm-hmm. you're saying. Like, just go for the finish. Cause well, and it, so for me, it was like when you talk about the strikes, if, <clears throat> if he was just chilling in Sato's guard, mm-hmm. he was peppering him, like with those little strikes right there. Yeah. Do you think that feel like that's the equivalent in terms of the strikes? Like, do you think they're about the same? Well, did, yeah, because they definitely, I mean, even like there's a skill to that even, right? I mean, that looks, those guys make that look so much easier. Ground and pounds are not, there's a skill to ground and pound. You know, it's not just. Right framing and throwing mm-hmm. i mean there's angles and that, that's kind of where i was more impressed when he was on the back is he was finding those angles and landing some really nasty shots. Have that core strength to and stay it, up and i down. understand having somebody's backs way more dangerous than being in somebody's guard however if you're chilling somebody's guard and you're throwing those shots you're gonna get stood up after about <clears> a minute sure and mm-hmm. so to me it was like those are not fight ending strikes they're I, I don't know. Yeah. It, was, it was just tough to watch. Well, and it probably helps him as as he's throwing it. He lets one slip under the chin and tries to go, and then yeah, you know. So it's constantly technically attacking a submission. Yeah, for but. sure. Molly Meatball McCann defeats Luana Carolina via first third round. Excuse me, spinning back elbow. See, I feel like Molly McCann. Which hold on, first off, that fight was fun. That was Ooh, just a fun that fight. First round. Yeah, that was insane. Uh, and that finishing elbow was highlight real baby Maybe and of course gonna. i'm watching espn this morning and they're like 
you know, the fan, she got the belt from the fan and they're like, you know, and then she gets a belt from Dana White. I'm like, oh, like, where is your journalistic integrity, ESPN? Like, this is on your network and you don't know that she didn't get a belt. Like, she just grabbed it from the It's like somebody was talking to somebody else and looked over. Oh, Dana gave her a belt. Cool. Like I said. Neon Belly Podcast. We're here. Yeah. Anytime you need us, we'll step in. Just hit us up. Um, but through a couple performances we've seen from Molly Meatball now, she's fun, and she's a brawler, oh, yeah. and she's going to go in there every time. I feel with her kind of like a, you were kind of more with Patty. Is I don't really see the ceiling with her. I think as soon as she really gets into that top flight of the 125-pound women's division, I think she's going to have a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but I just feel like the sample size we've seen, because even like the flurries in the beginning, like that first round when she had her rocked, she was like just missing, like her little arms are just, she just couldn't get to her almost, yeah, you know what so I mean? Short, um, so we'll see, but she's fun. I, I yeah. like her. Switching to the wrestling was smart for her. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I didn't think, think she got a little tired. Yeah, I didn't think the punches were going to finish the fight. No. Obviously the elbow did. Yeah, Carolina And she tough. set it up great. I mean, oh, yeah. that might be, that's a knockout of the year contender. Oh, and they said that on the broadcast. Yeah, for sure. I agree. And they said on the broadcast too, like, you know, that's not just luck. I mean, she timed it and you saw it in the replay. Like she set it up Looked and over, yeah, leaned out and really, really fun finish. Uh, next fight, kind of getting back to the Patty stuff here a little bit, but Ilya Topira defeats Jai Herbert via knockout in round two. Ilya overcoming a really bad first Rough. round, got dropped by a head kick, looked out of it. I thought he was done. It's like the Oliveira um, Chandler. Uh, Chandler, yeah. yeah. Um, and then just snaps back in that second round, uh, catches Herbert in a wild exchange with a big right hook. Out goes Herbert with one of the vicious, more vicious knockouts yeah. that I've seen in a long time. I mean, he just crumbled. Yeah. I said in the group, it reminded me of Rashad Evans when he fold, crumbled up. Was it Yoda that did him like that? I think, yes. Yeah, it He just kind of right. like, looked like you cut the strings on a puppet and your whole body just boom. That's 12-0 and 0 now for Ilya Tapira. Um, called out the blonde bitch, Patty Batty. <laughs> yeah. And, um, <laughs> Awkwardly. Awkwardly. In the post fight. um, So if people that maybe don't know, I'm sure most people listening do, but those two were involved in a, like, would you call it a scuffle midweek? Apparently, I didn't really get the sense of, like, or the background on it, but Patty said something about Georgian people and the war with Russia Mm -hmm. or something. And basically called them idiots and stuff like that. Yeah, Tapura got mad because he's like, you know, I had family that died in that war. And so he confronted him in the hotel, like, cafeteria something they were throwing stuff at each they, other yeah they, hand sanitizer hand yeah <laughs> patty calls him hand sanitizer boy now do you guys make much of that like confrontation do i what do you mean like anything that you saw so to watching it i don't maybe i'm a little harsh on patty today but well patty was by himself right and tapira had his whole team you think the team would have jumped him though well I mean, you, you watch patty's um his vlogs they kind of break it down a little like one guy like walked around the counter like he was gonna like come at him from the side and then as soon as the scuffle broke that guy was like oh god this isn't what i signed up for like uh patty kind of breaks it down in his vlog so if you go watch it you'll kind of see more but i think they were just trying to scare him i mean i think i think it worked what looked pretty nervous who patty yeah which if there's like seven dudes yeah i mean anybody would be god i don't care you could be i don't think it worked nearly as much as the right hand that landed though he kind of just hit him in the arm, though. He was more no, like no, no, no. Swipe. I'm talking about in the fight for Ilya. Oh, yeah. I think well, that did way more intimidating to Patty yeah. than trying to well, fight Well, and him. then Patty in his post-fight is just kind of like calls out Mark Zuckerberg. You yeah. know, it's like, well, buddy, 
you just got called a bitch in yeah. your own country. Well, he doubled down when the the interview afterwards, and he was like, "Oh, I'm the line. I don't have to call anybody out." I was like, "Well, you're not that. You're not the top no. at 55, and dog." I think Ilya Tapura is a nightmare for Patty. So we don't even have to get. I don't think Tapura is even in the top 15, is he? No, this is his first fight at lightweight. He's a featherweight. Yeah, he's this coming was his up. First and fight I, up. I will. That was the one thing I was gonna say. I thought he did look really small, um, and even against a guy like Ja Herbert had a kind of harder time getting mm -hmm. inside on him. Yeah. And I think that was a lot of his issues early on. Maybe he figured it out in that second round, but he also just kind of went for broke too yeah. and mm -hmm. just kind of got lucky with a big shot. They were just both throwing haymakers and his just landed first. Well, he, he set it up with a body shot, which yeah, they that, talked which about the whole time. Really is, nice left hook to the body. He, go, he goes yeah. to the body a lot. And he, it's funny is he goes left to the body. He eats a right from Herbert mm -hmm. and just looks it right off and then throws his big one mm -hmm. and like drops him. Yeah. But yeah, I think if, if Patty keeps on, if obviously we know Patty's hittable, yeah. If he eats that right, he's going to sleep too. I, I mean, that's I mean, the fight to make. Like, yeah. there's no other options. But Patty clearly wants nothing to do. With he wants it. to fight Mike Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a better fight for him for sure. <laughs> well, and Tapura, he's got like a Greco-Roman background. I mean, it just, I mean, you know, he's he's primarily a striker, but he's no slouch on the ground either. Mm -hmm. So nightmare for it would be a really rough fight for Patty. I will say real quick. I didn't even think about it for the patty thing. That hip toss was nice. Oh, yes. Thank uh, you. Nice little Ushimana. That one, yeah. Well, he went to Southern California. Oh, I'm so sorry, guys. The guy's name is escaping my mind. I know you're talking the about The judo you. guy. Yeah. So many people go train with him. But he went and dedicated like a couple months to learning judo. So I think that's what I'm saying. I don't think all is lost for patty. I think the raw materials are there. I think he just... The Sean O'Malley approach, just keep learning, keep getting better. and Keep fighting unranked guys. Maybe don't fight Ilya Tapira. Maybe you do go for, maybe you do fight Mark Zuckerberg, actually. Yeah, maybe he had a cousin or something that does some MMA. You never know. Sergey Pavlovich defeats Shamil Abdurrahimov via, excuse me, TKO in round one. Uh, boys, Pavlovich hadn't fought since 2019, comes back and beats the number 10 ranked heavyweight in the world. That uppercut was nasty. And Shamil Abdurrahimov is no joke. Mm -mm. I'm very legit. Fought a lot of guys, you know. Um, Pulls and, out a lot. Yeah, yeah, he does. Well, he's had like visa issues too yeah. a lot. Um, um, he's a daggy, you know, so you ever, anytime you get a win over Dagestan. But I think it just takes a Russian to beat a daggy, I guess. That's yeah. what it comes down to. Um, but dude, Pavlovich. Yeah. I, he is definitely one to watch in the heavyweight division. He is a specimen as well. Jeez yeah. Louise, you want to talk about scary. Yeah. He looks like like a villain in a movie, for yeah, sure. Yeah, if you were to make like Drago <laughs> in MMA, it'd probably be yeah, him. It, Yeah, it'd be Pavlovich. And they were training partners, too, yeah. which I thought was interesting. So they were cool afterwards. But yeah, that uppercut... Which is, it's weird because it, it's funny enough, that was like my favorite one on the game with Donald Cerrone. You just throw it from space, mm -hmm. and it lands so clean. But yeah, he looks scary. He does look scary. Um, last fight, probably one of my favorite fights of the night. <clears throat> Paul Craig defeats Nikita Krylov via submission. Triangle choke in round one. Um, Craig was out. He, yeah. he definitely, for, for sure, three, went four out. seconds from, was out. We talk about when he's on his back. Yeah. yeah. Are you sure? He I definitely I think he out. was. Because he there was like one of them where I think when he got hit, you saw his eyes kind of spin in his head. He did that a lot. Cause I was gonna say, I don't I went back and saw guys' messages. I, I don't I felt like that was something he was doing intentionally was the way he was moving his head. Sort of like Elon uh, Kutalavi and Uncle vibes. And I don't it think wasn't was, working if that was the case. I don't I, it wasn't working, he was but it looks terrible too. I don't think he was actually out. I think he went out because at one point his head went back and he, he was, was looking like, away from the fight. Yeah. He just kind of was like this and stiff. And then like another one know, hit him and he moved. Like he didn't know where like, he was at. I need to rewatch it. But I just feel like that some of that too was just a little bit of movement. With you may shoulders. be right. Maybe, you know, I'll go back and watch it too. You could very well be right. I I got the impression that he was like out of it. Yeah. Because and 
And even if he was, like I said, it did not work. I mean, Krylov was drilling his head into the mat. Um, and really up until that point, Krylov, um, I mean, took him down. Like, I mean, it kind of started weird, I guess. Came out with a Spartan kick. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, caught the kick and kind of some good. But, like, once Krylov got on top, he really looked imposing. And I was like, oh, Craig's in some trouble because his jiu-jitsu's not working. Um, they kept on saying that, too. Bis- Dude, ah. What? Did you hear what Michael Bisping said right before he locked up the triangle? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like the whole line, just not being Bisping. Com- like can't I was stay at on work, your back. So I could oh really yeah, you Bisping. You know, I feel like I'm just gonna rag on Bisping all the time. He was like, literally says, "Man, I need to see Craig like do something more here. The jujitsu is just not the path for success today. Like he's shown this whole first round, it's not gonna win him the fight. Boom, triangle. But and to like, be yeah. fair, like I said, Bisping. I will say this: Bisping thought he went out too. He just didn't want to say it. Yeah. On the broadcast, he said he. You could hear him go, "Ooh, ah, that's not good." And then um, I can't remember who's the guy who was with him. The non-fighter. Oh, the commentator? Yeah. yeah I don't know. He was name. like, I think he went out there, and he's like, Bisping was like, I didn't want to say it, but <laughs> he kind of might have went. And then mm-hmm. I think Craig kind of admitted that a couple of those really rung his bell pretty bad. Yeah. But the way he the way he locked up that triangle, just kind of letting things flail and just like attack, grabbing that arm real quick and latching that on so fast. Yeah. Do you think his success with the triangle is just because so many guys don't hit it from there? Like guys, you know, you, you fight so many times in MMA, you get into that position in guard and guys don't throw it up. So you don't think about it. And then to go against a guy like Craig, who's just very, very good throwing it up. And he's got the body. Like I think a lot of his body type. Yeah. Yeah. He's built. It's so tight. It's not like a loose one where you're just kind of still trying to secure the leg. When he swings it over, it locks in immediately. I've heard guys like, I can't remember, but I've heard a couple fighters that have trained with him, rolled with him, say he is a nightmare. Like, he is one of the worst roles in jiu-jitsu. Oh, um, he's just very technical, very tight, very good. Um, and like I told you guys last night, the same way that we talk about Jamal Hill, his KO power could be anybody in the world. Craig's jiu-jitsu deserves that same mm-hmm. recognition same level and of respect. Factor, yeah. Yes, he can be anybody in the 205-pound division with jiu-jitsu like that and off of his back because he can get hit, he can get knocked down. We've seen it, mm-hmm. and he just finds ways to win with his jiu-jitsu, um, and I think it deserves that respect. He called out Anthony Smith, who last week, the whole Magomed Ankalov with um, uh, Uncle Ayev. You guys are supposed to fix me on that. Um, and Anthony Smith, but I like Craig and Smith as well. I think, mm-hmm. you know, anybody, once again, most of these guys, just, the performances were yeah. deserving of whatever, you know, well, these guys. Well, it's tough because and it's something that we'll talk about later when we uh, preview the fights coming up, but it's one of those divisions where all the best guys are like one's beat another and mm-hmm. another's beat another. So it's really hard to pick how you want to match them up. Yeah. Cause it's tough. You know, you could almost do the Hill Craig fight again, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of how that ended. It was, you know, but those guys seem like buddies now. too. Well, I would love to, I'd rather see that like circle back around after they both get to a different point too. Sure. Did, did Hill call anybody out? After his fight. I don't think he really has, but you could do him and Ankalaev as well. I mean, there's just so many options right now. The 205 division's really picking up speed, mm-hmm. uh, steam. Excuse me, um, but that's it. That's the main card. Or well, there were, we did some prelims. Um, just like I said, top to bottom. I think you said, uh, did you say everybody on the main card got bonuses? What Dana like said is everybody. There was nine out of twelve fights ended in a finish. Yeah, and in the post fight, he said that everybody who got a finish got the bonus. Yeah. So nine people got the bonus. And they deserved it. Um, And like me and Jacob, like I said, we were talking last night, is all the fighters called people out. All their call-outs made sense. Mm -hmm. Except for Zuckerberg. Except for the Zuckerberg. But 
they could literally turn this around and do it in a couple like like yeah. a couple months because these guys basically just made the next UK fight card. <laughs> like mm-hmm. all the matchups were good ideas, and I think you could run it back again. I saw like videos of the O2 outside um, the arena after oh, yeah. Aspinall won. I think Ariel Hawani posted it to his Instagram scenes. I think the next one is definitely like scenes. Wembley or something. You don't you got to go to a stadium. Next. Go to Manchester, baby. Yeah. I will say real quick, take, um, take the ride home. I was watching it work as well at first, and on the undercard there was a a fight. I can't remember their first names. It was McKenna and Reed. It was oh the oh, ladies, yeah, yeah. So I was worried about the card moving forward because when the that fight went to a decision, and when it came out, it was a split. One judge had it thirty twenty seven for McKenna, who was from Europe, mm-hmm. and the other ones had it twenty nine twenty eight for the other girl two times. Oh wow! So for that type of disparity, I was like, man, I hope this isn't like a homer, yeah. no matter what thing. So I'm glad there were finishes, so we didn't have to worry about that because I was a little worried. Brandon, hit us with our points. Where are we at? All right, so Nate, you're a big mover last time. So yeah. starting with last place, we have John, and then Nate, you have seventeen. I have 18. John, you have 11. Nice. Wait. You Wait, said I, I called had, Aspinall. You said I had... Hey, you got one point. You just said I had okay. 17 and you have 18, but I'm in first place. You're not in first place. Did I say that? Yeah. I was just messing with you. Okay. In first place. Thanks. That hurts. <laughs> I got three points for Aspinall. You got five total. Yeah. You yeah. got three for Aspinall, two, two for, for Allen. Allen. Big night for you, boy. You know what's crazy, too, is this is the second fight in a row where the guy I picked almost had the knockout, like had a big punch, and it could have been a knockout, and then it didn't with Santos yeah. last week. And then Hooker had that big left that I was like, oh, man, this might turn, and then it didn't. So I'm telling you, dude, we're Jay, not playing horseshoes. Yeah. John, I mean, John, you guys are still new to this winning stuff. John's, so. John's got to get in the game, baby. Yeah. He's falling behind early. Got uh, a little bit of that Super Bowl flu, man. Here we go again, though. You get your chance yeah. here again, John. Boys, moving ahead. Fight night this Saturday night. Um, we're going to jump into the main event, which mm-hmm. is Curtis Blades versus Chris Dawkins. Um, Curtis Blades back after his last win over Jazier Rosenstroik in September of last year. Um, that victory came by unanimous decision. Um, then Chris Dawkins is returning after his first round knockout loss to uh, Derek Lewis last mm-hmm. December. Um, and being on the wrong end of a Derek Lewis knockout is something that both of these men have in common. Yeah. Um, that was Dawkins' first loss in the UFC. Will be interesting to see how he can respond from that loss um, against a fighter like Blades, who a lot of people thought at one time um, really had championship title contender status. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I guess we can kind of start there. Do you guys still see Blades as that like championship contender, like with that status? Because I kind of do. I think it, only, de- it depends on the matchup, man. This guy has three losses, and it's Francis, Francis, and Derek Lewis. Right. right. Those are guys who have otherworldly power, but they're also yeah. guys who currently are in the title spot with Francis having his issues and then Derek Lewis being on a skid. Mm-hmm. These other guys don't have that same type of power. And his wrestling is a, a thing that it's a problem for he, a lot of these guys we've seen. It. I mean, yeah, and then you just saw with Rosenstroik, you know, he handled that really well. Um, he handles strikers well. It's just the power that's... Yeah, but Rosenstroik has power. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, he just handled it really well coming off of yeah, one of the nastier. You know, you know, probably that Lewis Blades knockout before that Jaw Herbert Ilya was probably that long. I mean, you talk about, like, just nasty, yeah. vicious knockouts, so... Yeah, no, I, I think that... Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Dawkins responds with this fight. Uh, I know he had like four finishes in a row before getting mm-hmm. knocked out. I think but, they were first round too. Yeah, and then you go into like I said, Blades, who his only loss is two times to the champion, and then Derek Lewis. So, but he's also beat a lot of really good guys. So I think this will be a really good test to see who's who's there to be 
you know, next to possibly get into these Aspinall fights or some of these other top guys. It's really hard for me to get excited for this fight. Anytime Blades has a five-round main event, yeah. I'm just, like, you're terrified just it's going to be five, five rounds, rounds of <laughs> laying on top of a main guard. And yeah. So hopefully I'm wrong. But uh, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I forgot, actually, that Blades had fought Rose Spring. I thought his last fight was Lewis. Lewis. Um, so, yeah, I forgot that he had But that back. fight was very un- – it wasn't – there was nothing to remember from that fight. It was a no, very Rose boring fight. Yeah. yeah. Rose just did not engage, didn't do anything. He was so afraid of the takedown. And um, there just – yeah, there just wasn't much to really remember from that fight. I swear, when I was typing out my notes at work for this, I literally put both of these guys are coming off losses to Derek Lewis. It wasn't until I went back that <laughs> I remembered the Rose fight. So, I told Totally, mm-hmm. totally get that. But then I was like, went back and watched, and I'm like, oh, no wonder I forgot. <laughs> I mean, it was terrible. Um, go ahead, though. But no, yeah, no. So I, we'll see, man. Can Dawkins stop the takedown, and can he put out Blades' light? Because we know what Blades is going to do. Yeah. Um, you know. Both yeah. of these guys are super athletic. We can, yeah. you know, start there. I mean, these are two very, very, you know, kind of not the biggest heavyweights, you know, kind of smaller, but both very athletic. Um, Dawkins has a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. Um, which could make things early or interesting, should I say? If mm. you know, we seen him use it. Not really, but he really has. He's been had knocking to. people yeah. out in the UFC. Um, but I still think Curtis Blades utilizes his wrestling. I, I don't. I don't think he's going to respect Dawkins's jujitsu because we really haven't seen it in the UFC as much. Um, and it's different at heavyweight, man. Like, it, unless you're yeah, Frank yeah. Mir. Sure. Well, well, what Aspinall just did last night right. is more jujitsu than we've seen in the heavyweight division since like Frank Mir and Nogueira yeah. last fight type of thing. Yeah, no, I, I mean, until we see it from Dawkins, I, I totally mm-hmm. agree. It's just I am saying that is an aspect of his game that it is there, though we haven't seen it. Yeah. But he does have knockout power too. Very fast hands. Yeah. Super fast hands for a heavyweight. You know, I would say Dawkins and Aspinall in terms of speed, just pure speed, are very neck and neck. So what you saw mm-hmm. last night from Aspinall expect to see that similar type of speed and pace from Dawkins. Mm-hmm. Um, just be interesting to see how that works um, against you know Blades but um, yeah I just see Blades yeah. making a wrestling night of it yeah I got Curtis Blades I'll say um, I'll say fourth round TKO he just doesn't lose to guys that don't have that. I mean, like I said, he's only been beat by the guys who have that otherworldly power, and I just don't think Dawkins has that. Yeah, I'll say Blades by decision. Um, Dang it. Yeah, I mean, I know it's kind of the boring one. I was gonna, th- I was kind of thinking of, I was gonna go Blades by submission, but then I'm like, ah, Dawkins. I mean, J- Black Bell. You Does know, he have a submission. On I don't record? know. I don't know. I just. I, I don't really know, but yeah, I just think it's going to be, has Blades wins. I mean, I don't know. I shouldn't say that because Blades has finished a lot of guys, actually. Yeah. He has a lot of TKO victories on his. Well, that's what I can remember is Overeem. Yeah, um, but yeah, I just, that's where I'm going. Blades. Well, I'm going to go with Blades, too. Um, you took fourth decision. I guess I'll. Go early. He's not going to win early. Come on. If it's going to be early, it's going to be Dawkus. He knocked, he got a TKO against Junior and that Shamil. Um. And then just uh, Overeem, he has a TKO KO over. So he has some. He finishes, but it's more like ground and pound. That's why I said fourth round TKO. I think he wears on him, and then I'll take third TKO just because. Just thing. because, boys. The next fight that we are going to feature because who even knows these uh, fight card <laughs> orders anymore? <laughs> Ilya Tapura, if you remember from last week's episode, we said was the very first fight on the night. He ends up being on the main card, so. Mm. 
Whatever. Yeah. Just watch. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just going to start picking for just the look fights. For these we, names. Yeah, we're just going to start picking the fights that we're excited for or most excited. Um, boys, number two, and this is in the flyweight division. Number two, Askar Askarov versus number six, Kai Kara France. Uh, this to me undoubtedly is a number one contender mm-hmm. fight in the flyweight division. Um, I think winner of this definitely will be facing the champion Davison Davison Figi Figiedo for the title. Um, Askar Askarov is a perfect 13-0 in his MMA career. The only blemish on his record, if you want to call it that, was in his UFC debut, which was a draw against former champ Brandon Moreno. Mm-hmm. Since then, he's gone a perfect 3-0 in the UFC. His last fight was a decision victory over Joseph Benavidez in March of last year. Great performance from him, mm-hmm. by the way. His opponent, Kai Kara France, has really, really, in the last year, propelled himself to contender status. Um, after kind of an up-and-down two years, yeah. let's be honest, there for a while, where he's kind of win-one, lose-one, had a perfect 2021 beating both Hagerio Bontarin and most recently Cody Garbrandt both of those by first round knockout um, th- I really have the feeling that this is definitely of a classic striker versus grappler matchup mm-hmm. um, but how do you guys see this whole fight going down because it's a big one and yeah. I'm excited for that I've been really big on Askar Askarov for a while I'm interested man you know like you said, Kaikara's done a really good job of, I mean, two first-round finishes against, you know, really tough guys his last two fights. I think he's the best finisher in the flyweight division. Yeah. You know, guys don't, we don't typically see a bunch of finishes at that division, Mm-mm. and um, he touches guys and they go out. You just, we haven't really ever seen that in this small of a division, and all respect to Moreno and Figueredo, who have put on a great couple fights but you know we've seen those guys fight what how many rounds now and they haven't knocked each mm-hmm. other out you know yeah, so. which, and they're both tough they're too. Very, yeah they're um, tough guys to finish you but. know france has a uh he lost a decision to moreno um so he's been in there with a, a top level guy and um he but looking back at his fights he doesn't really get taken down like that and I, i'm not to say that he hasn't fought a wrestler the, the level of askarov i'm not saying that mm-hmm. But I'm just saying that it's not something that happens a lot. He's 5'4", so he's pretty small. I imagine it's not really easy to shoot in on him. And then he does have that power, so you have to make sure that if you are going to shoot, that you actually land it. And then for Askarov, he's had fights where he's had to strike more and hadn't been able to use his wrestling as much or didn't choose to. Mm -hmm. So I think this will be interesting to see if he... I mean, Askarov has fights where he's attempted like 17 takedowns. So I don't know if we'll see that or we'll see him try to play the game on the feet. I don't think he should play the game on the feet because Kaikara France has X-factor knockout power for Mm -hmm. that division, in my opinion. I'm betting you Kaikara France is getting taken down in this fight. (laughs) I just That's how I feel like this is going to go. I I just think Kaikara, his last two wins are good, but the most recent, you know, Cody Garbrandt coming down to 25, we kind of, Thought that would be a big issue for him. You anyway. did. You called that that one too, yeah. just like the Dan Hooker. Um, and who was this before that? Um, uh, Bontarine. Was that a finish? Yeah, yeah first round yeah. knockout. So um, I, I think Oscar is a different animal, man. I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to be able to put him away like that. And I think the wrestling's really going to wear on him. I mean, Askarov is relentless when he wants yeah. to be. So I think that's what's going to happen. He's going to push the pace. And Kaikar, how do you say it quickly? Is it just France or Kaikar France? I think is how. Yeah. I have to say the whole thing. KKF France. He has a clothing line called KKF, so you can just say yeah, that. I'm going to call him KKF. So KKF, I just feel like he's... <laughs> Clip. KKF. <laughs> KKF. Um, you can just say Car France. It's Car France. Call him Kai. Kai? Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to call him Bob. Call him Kiki. That's his nickname. He's going to lose. He's actually asked people mm-hmm. to call him Kiki. On, really? Yeah, several several outlets. Good for him. So you can just say that if you want. I'm saying KKF. <laughs> you rolling KKF. <laughs> 
no. I, what do you think, my man? I am so I'm on Brandon's pace. I, I think Askarotter's has relentless pace and pressure. Um, I actually almost think it's a little unfair to call Askarov just a grappler in some sense. I think his stand up and especially in that Benavidez fight was really impressive mm-hmm. um, and probably the best it's looked. Um, it's it's definitely developed, definitely better than what we saw in the fight before that, which was the Pantoja fight. Right. I actually think a rematch with Pantoja is a tougher fight for him than Kaikara France. Um, Pantoja is so well-rounded and gave him a lot of problems off his back with the jiu-jitsu, very aggressive striker, maybe doesn't have the power mm-hmm. that uh, France does. But um, I, I think he's still a real. He was a tough fight um, for Askarov, and you know Askarov because in that fight Pantoja had his moments with the jujitsu and and mm-hmm. really got to Askarov's back, had a choke. You know he really had his moments, and Askarov was able to to uh, withstand it, and then just kind of wore Pantoja out over the course of the fight. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll kind of see that. I know I saw a video that you know Kai's really working on his strength and conditioning, and you know he knows what this is. He knows that he's going against one of the best wrestlers in the division um so he's he's ready for it i know he will be but i think mm-hmm. once you're in there it's like habib right you know you just once you're in there and you feel that it's yeah, just, everybody's it's, ready for a it's just yeah. different yeah. uh so john who do you got i'm calling kai car france i'm gonna say first round knockout i think if he wins that's how it happens sure. it's early it's fair. stays away from the grappling and is able to land something big Go oh ahead. i'm going askarov um i think i think he wears him a little bit um Three rounds, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. three rounds. I'll say Askarov's second round submission. Damn it, man. Keep taking my picks. Um, I'm going to go with... I think it's going to be in the second round. So I'll go second round TKO, but I I feel like he's going to submit him. Honestly. One thing I really I, I like about Askarov, too, just because it kind of sets him apart, is he's partially deaf. Like 80% deaf. Well, they, they said it's like 40% in one ear and 70% in the other, mm. but they said it's kind of progressively getting worse. They said he's to the point now where he, he can't hear his corner really at all Yeesh. unless he's right in front of him. So he's really literally fighting every fight deaf. They said there's not really much corner work that they can do with him just because they can't communicate it fast enough. Especially during a stadium or in a big right. – Just start running stuff out. And yeah, him. so they said he's kind of like – and they said everything is predetermined before he gets in there. Like he kind of knows what – you know, to do and stuff. So I just think that's another cool aspect with his story. Um, you think you'll have trouble with the weight cut? He, he, I know that's missed, he missed in the Moreno fight, but I don't think he's missed He missed, since. He missed in the um, the most recent one, Benavides. He did miss in that yeah. one? Yeah. yeah. I didn't well, because remember when they were talking about title contenders, it was going to be Askarov mm-hmm. fighting instead of Brandon, but then they basically said, you know, I don't know, man, he might not make the championship weight. We might lose the championship fight if he doesn't make yeah. it. I mean, there's a chance. I'm glad you guys brought that up. So definitely something to watch. Also on this card, boys, Joanne Calderwood versus Alexa Garasso. Wood. Cal- just Wood now. She's married. Oh, did she? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do remember it's that. It's weird. How do, I don't know, go from Calderwood to yeah. just Wood. It's kind of uh, weird. Matt Brown returns against Brian Barbarina. Ilir Latifi is back against Alexi Olenek and Neil Magny versus Max Payne Griffin. Yeah. So, nice little decent card. got Jennifer card. Maya on that card. Yeah, there, there's that, a couple decent uh, names. Chow, who just fought. Um, Choi. Or Choi. Who did he just fight? Uh, he did just fight. I can't remember. Um, that, yeah, there's a, there's a couple really good ones on there. Boys, let's get to it. Our all-MMA team. This week, we're going through Europe. Euro trip. Little tough one, not going to lie. It's kind of slim pickings, I thought, um, especially as we get down the weight classes. Um, so I'm really interested to see where you guys went. Um, I guess I'll kick it off with heavyweight. Um, and I went 
representing the Netherlands, Alistair Overeem. Uh, the Ream was obviously a former K1 champion, Strike Force champion, and Dream champion. Um, he's literally fought everyone in every promotion. Um, and in every promotion, he has competed at the top. Um, and his career dates back to 1999. Um, so when you consider that he's even still relevant today, I think that really speaks volumes to longevity mm-hmm. and just success. My very close second, and I would totally be okay if we went this route, is Mirko Krokop. Um, he, too, was a K1 champ. Pride champ, Risen champ. Um, him and Reem did fight one time. It was a no contest because mm-hmm. I think Reem like need him in the nuts twice. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but I just kind of went with Overeem because of sustained success. But maybe mm-hmm. if, but then I thought about it too. If I was just going based off the body of work in the shorter amount of time, I do think maybe Krokop did a little bit more. Um, but I don't know. I'd be okay. Also think Bas Rutten deserves mm-hmm. uh, some love here. Former UFC and Pancrase champion. Um, but let's be honest, the development, they're just, he wouldn't hang with these two mm-hmm. in today in, in more modern MMA. So I had Overeem, so I'm cool with not. Mm-hmm. With, with How do you feel about there. Surreal? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the most, you know, we put Aspinall as the heavyweight. I mean, I'm not. He's the most well round. I mean, what no. he's been able to do in a short amount of time. So are we going with. That's where it gets into, like, how are we making this decision? Is it's this, your opinion. It's your yeah, but is it based at, their be, at their best, how would they I, I think, in a tournament? I mean, that's how I look there's at some, it. There's some, I mean, there is that, that room for interpretation and um, how you want to go with it. Um, I just was surreal. Like, maybe if him and Reem fought, you know, today, he would beat him for sure. Um, but when we're just talking all time, I'm trying to take Reem and his... You know, mm-hmm. all that he's done in his prime against Surreal in his prime. I just don't know if right now I've seen enough from Surreal to say he's better than Overeem. I just, yeah. you know, in well, some cases we have had to make those decisions. Right. There is those particulars. Um, but I'm okay with this one with sticking with Overeem. And that's not to say in five years it's not gone. But yeah. today here as we sit. I, well, I want to ask you this. If he beats Francis, do you put Gone there? Pro- there's a very big possibility. Yeah. If he if he saw that type of success and, and beat a guy who... Is he was almost there too. Probably one if he of he doesn't the, get taken down in yeah, those last round. Sure. Well, how about if he doesn't go for a leg lock at the end of round <laughs> right. five? Oh, and see stuff like that. Yeah. Like the Reem would never. Let's be honest. Like, well, I had I had Overeem at two, so I'm I'm I, I just threw up surreal because I thought he's very oh, interesting. I also had no crow cop love. I had Bass Rutten. I had Orlovsky. Too, to too old. Like I never watched. His I had Chet so. Congo, Stefan Struve. There's a couple. Like older guys that you know have a nice look, not necessarily to win, but just to get mentioned. Crow Cop was like one of those Shogun guys where I was like legitimately scared of him. Oh yeah, like he was like a boogeyman. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. All right, so we're going with Alistair Overeem for our European heavyweight all-time goat. Excuse me, sorry, boys. Light heavyweight. Let's send it to John. Jerry Prohaska. Mm, okay. I Go. mean, I don't, I don't think there's anybody scarier. Mm-hmm. He's made a really. I mean, he's the. I think he's about to get this belt right now. I think he's the best overall. That's just what my pick is. I had Jan Blahovich and I Me also too. had Gustus in there. That was my two. The other well. guy. Who, I have both of them behind him. I just thought that he's the scary, just like Hamzat's yeah, the scariest right now. Goes, we made him but, the welterweight. But what if he goes Jerry's out and gets slept by Glover? Like what we, if Burns beats Hosmer? I know. I mean, there I mean, was other. Well, I guess I can't say that either because Glover just beat Jan, but. I'm just saying we've seen Jan, and Jan beating Izzy. You just don't want to pick Jan because he beat Izzy. No, he's my number two. <laughs> That's I, what it is. Well, you don't want to pick Gus. Look, look I have him number two. No, I actually put that. Like, I actually put <laughs> that, I mean, obviously really close to beating John Jones, and I, I said. Jones. 
some, I mean, that's your your opinion, Brandon. And then I said, and if he did become champion, if he did do that, I think he, he would have Gus would have been my pick here over Blachowicz. But yeah. I think the UFC belt doing it at such an old age, you know, like I said once again, kind of you look at the longevity. Maybe we'll see these two fight, mm-hmm. Jan and Jiri. And if Jiri beats him, I'm cool with it, man. I just feel like we've put other guys who had the potential who aren't even at the title yet. But but we have somebody here that has been UFC champion. Yeah. Well, yeah, and yeah. be probably the, one of the greatest modern day mixed martial artists alive. Yeah, I mean, if you, that's what you guys want to go with. I'm sticking with Jiri. You guys can. He beat one of the greatest modern mixed martial what's artists. The, what's the like most impressive thing Jiri's done? I mean, his whole this whole UFC run. He's I just mean, been knocking, do, knocking out Dominic Reyes, who beat John win? Jones, right? Is that his biggest win? Did he beat John Jones? Mean, I asked you a question first. Yeah, that's his biggest win. Yeah, not good enough for me. I agree. Right. Just need to see a little bit more. I think he's there. If he gets the belt, does he? If he beats the guy who beats Jan, does he get it? Yeah, I'd be okay with that. And, and Reyes all... did beat Jones, but that's not super impressive anymore. <laughs> Debatable again, Brandon. Yeah. I also had Alexander Rakic um, and mm-hmm. Alicio Sakura. I wanted to give him a little bit of yeah, I like that, I like that love on the Rakic. Back end. Not even on my radar though. I mean, needs to do a little bit more. I'm just saying, as far as potential guys, potential, yes, I'd give you that. Yeah, the when I put the guys at the bottom of the list, they're not going to win it, but they have. Potential sure. coming up, or their legends I wanted to talk about. So Poland gets one on the board with Jan Blachowicz. Going with it, Brandon? We doing it? Yeah. Okay, I'm with it. Right. Uh, moving down. See, I think with this one, too, this is going to be the one that might make people mad because when you're talking all of Europe, other than obviously we've already done Russia, the UK, Ireland was a team. There's a lot of people. Like, it's so mm-hmm. hard to, like, really narrow it down. But then there's also not a lot, you know, because, right. like, you could throw, like, oh, Czech Congo at heavyweight, but it's like, I mean, he'll never get it. Though, right. You know, so, but it'd just be interesting to see. Some people might actually get kind of mad. Well, and I think that's why I, sh- I tried to show a little bit love on the back end because it's we're talking about a huge mass of land here. Sure. This one, middleweight, to me, was the most clear-cut, so I'm interested to see what you guys pick because this was the easiest one. This one came right to my head, and there was no other options for me. So I'm kind of scared to say my pick. Go ahead. I, 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 this I, one in 70 I like really struggled with. 70, well, 70 was, doesn't even count because I put Hamzok because I forgot we had him for 70 Russia. and lightweight were, were tough for me, but this one was the easiest. This name came right. I, mean, I had Musasi. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Musasi. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's un- undoubtedly yeah. from the Netherlands. Okay. The only person I had close was Vittori and Hermanson. Vittori is a welterweight. Oh no, he! Oh, come on, no, man! Oh, jeez! Are you a casual? Yep. But Musasi's. He's <laughs> yeah, no, he's yeah, the best. Mid, he's the best middleweight outside the UFC. He's the best fighter. And if he outside was in of the UFC, yeah, he's. I think undoubtedly, Gegard Musasi is the best fighter outside of the UFC. Let's not forget, he left the UFC on a four fight win streak. He chose to leave, and let's even be honest, John, plug your ears. Is a matchup nightmare for Israel, Israel Adesanya, <laughs> and if we don't see that fight one day. Sad. I don't know if you do. I don't think Gegard's going to keep getting paid. I know. He did struggle with Uriah Hall, though. So I just, just if there was, you want to talk about cross-promotion, Kayla Harrison, you're listening up. I would love, love to see Gegard Musashi. Well, there's about three or four matchups in the Bellator on the champion side that I would love to see, like AJ McKee, oh. Nimkov, and then uh, Musashi. Oh, I just, Gegard is just, he's just on a different level. I also threw one at the end, Consta Philippou. <laughs> just to throw some love for a legend. I love that you're just coming in with the randoms. It's fun. Uh, well, as it's I'm fun. looking through it, like it's got to, yeah, yeah. Like sometimes you see name, you're like, oh man, I forget that. So I, yeah, and well, the problem is like with European MMA is ju- we're just starting to see the best of the best from Europe. Other than some of these other guys, these legends that we've spoke of, there's yeah. not much. If you didn't fight in Pride, it's t- 
It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. You know, I mean, and it's, you know, you're talking like your Tariq Safadines. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, guys <laughs> that, that was just one of those names was like, oh, hey. Yeah, like, one, like guys that just kind of had these little maybe three-fight stints in the UFC. It's tough, man, because Europe, it's, but it's just now getting good. So it's okay yeah. for this list to have some of these younger guys or more guys that are still coming up and fighting. Well, my welterweight pick, I'm supposed to do welterweight now. I'm out because I put Vittori. I don't know what I was thinking. I thought Vittori was a welterweight. And you said Hamza. Uh, yeah. So let me give you the real so, answer. So hold on, hold on. So let me read real quick because I said uh, my whole thing about you know being Vittori. I, I'm not even read it. It's cringy now. Yeah, I know he's not. Uh, so so my quote was going to be: So while I'd love to go with Martin Campman or Gunnar Nelson, <laughs> I can't ignore how good the dreams. It's you how, wrote out I, the whole I, thing. I even called him the oh, Italian gosh. dream. <laughs> um, so sorry guys. I guess it's. I guess for me, it's going to be uh, Campman or Nelson. <laughs> the answer is Shavkat Rachmanov. Yeah. If you're going to put. If you're going to put Homs out there, he's it's had a, so a better impressive run than as far as the people yeah. he's beat and the way he's beating them. My number two is Yuroslav Amazov. He's nah, the, you don't even know who that is. He's the guy who's fighting Michael Page for the belt in Bellator. He's 26-0. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was the other one, and then Gunnar Nelson and Martin Campman. Yeah, but but Gunnar Nelson's from Iceland. Iceland. That's still in the area. That's mm-hmm. cool, though. That's still you Europe. Huh? We should pick him. No, it's, yeah. it's Shavka. We could do the Icelandic clap real quick. Ooh. Whew. Come on, Randy. Whew. Whew. I'll show you. You gotta watch more. You're the only one with the mic stand. I can't. Yeah. Um. Okay. That's my vote. Is that Shavkat? This is a tough. Now I'm in a predicament here. I don't feel like I deserve to put an answer because well, you really don't put. Yeah, I mean, I put the Italian dream. I didn't get in the right weight class. This is falling apart at the wheels. Um, more wheels or doors? I don't know. I, man. I mean, I guess. Oh, this is tough. Because do I want to put him over? I'd be okay with putting Shavkat over Gunner. Do I want to put him over Martin Campman? Yeah. That's my, now I'm thinking about that. Mm, this is tough. What's your like, vote? I feel like I'm going, I feel like Shavkat. I feel Brandon, like, what's your vote? I don't feel like I have a dog in this fight. Well, if you don't, I don't. Well, I feel like since you guys did horrible at the research of this, just okay, mine. I'm okay with that. <laughs> to be honest. Because you just don't know anybody. <laughs> I don't. I don't know these guys, so I'm okay with that. I'm like not going to lie. All right. We can do Shavcat, but yeah. I feel like Martin Kamen deserves... I don't think he would have seen a chance against these other welterweights in these other countries. <sighs> All right. I'm moving on. <laughs> <laughs> this is another tough one. I don't... Need, lightweight. I have um, an easy answer for this one, but I'll let you guys go ahead. What was your turn? Yeah, it oh, is yeah. your turn. It's Gamrot. That's what I put. Oh. Matej? Yes. No. It's Armand Sarukian. That's who I put. No, dude. Mm. Gamrot is going on a run. Ooh, no, what? Yeah. Gamrot looks good. He's looked good. Hang on. Hang on. Calm down. He looks good. I'm not... not but when you threw Suzukian in there... Uh, it's not Armand Sarukian good. This dude is like a couple fights away from a title shot. Not only is he going to get the Islam rematch, but it's probably going to be for a title. This probably two. Probably two fights away. Only has... Hold on. This guy only has two professional losses on his record, and one of them is Islam Makhachev. Is That's Gamera, it. Has Gamera lost? Not in no, the I think he's like third. He just beat Vera, right? Or uh, Marlon? Uh, I know he beat, yeah. I think, well, he beat uh, Jeremy Stevens before that. With a Kamora. That, like, blows yeah. me up, like, three spaces for him. Sarugian's a Georgian. He does train and live in Russia, I think, but he is born in Georgia. See, I think that's why I think I was I think I was leaning more at him being Russian in my head when I was making. No, he's Armenian. But I have I have Gamrot and I have Mark Madsen as my other Mark Madsen. He's an Olympic man and he's he's on a run too. I love it. I love it. Uh, But if you guys want to vote, I'm sticking Sarukian. I think Sarukian. But my vote's Gamrot. Pure savage. 
It's pure savage. Oh, man. I feel like if I'm going with Sarukian, it's just recency bias. I've seen him recently. I mean, Mateusz Gamrod is good, but... You I feel like if those two fight. think Sarukian runs through him just like Ooh. he just did Joel Alvarez, who's a massive stri- kickboxer just like Gamrod is. Gamrod's been running through everybody too, though. I mean, I'm just saying. We just and and uh, Joel Alvarez is a lot bigger. I don't than feel like there's necessarily a wrong answer here. There's really not. I mean, they're both great contenders. And neither one Where, of them has. Where's Gam, uh, Gamrot from? Poland. Yeah, I believe so. Are either of them ranked? Uh, yeah, Sarukian's like seventh or eighth, I think. And Gamrot's ranked too. Is that what we're gonna do? Whoever's ranked higher, I'm gonna go with the rank. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll do that. I'm go- I still think it's wrong if. If 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 this dude is not ranked higher than Gamrod, well, you also think that Jones beat Gustafson and Randy. Well, he so. did, Brandon. So shut your trap. Nobody cares what you think, anyways. Mm. Lightweight, uh, Gamrot is number thirteen. Armand Sarukian, number twelve. Number twelve, baby. <laughs> there you go. I'm going with Saru- Sarukian. That's right where he deserves to be. All right, boys, let's run through it. Europe, a bit of a tougher one, guys. Um, like I said, the, these America? countries. Yeah, we can do American X. That's that's the scary. That's the Demon Hours one. We're really going to piss some people. We're probably going to piss each other off. Yeah. I think that's why we've avoided it. Yeah. There's going to be some mad people. I'm just, I'm just waiting for that one. Lightweight. All right. You want to do it next week? It's fine. All right. USA next week, Boom. baby. Lightweight, Armand Sarukian. Welterweight. I'm not even going to say it. Shavkat. What's his last name? Rachmaninoff. It's close enough. Gegard Mousasi is our middleweight. Light heavyweight, Jan Blachowicz. Heavyweight, Alistair Overeem. That is our all European team, USA next. There's some week. sleepers on there. I mean, we it's talk, a good team. Yeah, it's we talk about Musasi and the potential on the smaller weights with Chavkat and with Sarukian. There's there's a lot of potential down there. Sarukian, Sarukian boys, let's hit it. Going on the news. Uh, going on the news. Uh, uh. And if you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. The news. For the news this week, we got a couple big things going on. We got Francis Ngannou finally getting his knee surgery. He uh, posted that it went very well. He had ACL reconstruction and MCL repair. P.S. No meniscus damage. So that's good for him. The doctor who performed it is the same one who did it on GSP. He did surgery on GSP and Connor. Um, They're saying it's going to be about nine months out. So So shapes, that's what we were saying. Like You can't put the heavyweight division... With how hot it is right now, cannot put it on hold for nine months. No. Essentially, it'll probably be a year. Well, and, and we talked about it. This was probably Francis's plan. I mean, not that he, once well, he, he knew he injured, he's probably, oh, hold out, get the. He's definitely going to slide into free is agency. That, is that nine months until he can train or nine months until he's. The, it just says nine months. I was wondering yeah. the same thing because if it's just nine month recovery, we're more like a year. Yeah. And at that point, he's out of his contract and things get real weird. Which yeah. I think uh, we talked about. I think it was kind of his plan. Once he found out he was injured, it was probably like, oh, well, let me, you I, know, win this. If I win this fight, I got all the leverage. I think it'll be very telling to see what the UFC does. Do they strip? Do they do an interim? And I think mm. that'll tell us kind of where these talks are at, where he's at with the company, and then we'll go from there. But it's definitely going to be something to watch. Yeah. I And I think it also depends on, you know, who they end up moving up. If they do decide to do an interim or even strip, it'll be interesting to see if they – put John Jones immediately up there or if they, you know, yeah. put in some of these other guys. It's tough. It's tough because Surreal was the interim champion. 
So mm-hmm. on one hand, you feel like he's got to be one half of that equation if they do an interim title. But then Stipe, for all that he's done in the heavyweight division, he kind of, because he never got his rematch with Nganu. Mm-hmm. And so there's also that aspect where it's like he kind of deserves... Well, he never got his trilogy. Trilogy, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was, the, it was the rematch. But they split it one and one, and he never yeah. got a rematch. So I'm just saying <clears throat> there's a big argument that he deserves to be one half of that. But then you got John Jones, probably that you put him in one half. Not that he necessarily deserves it, um, but I'm sure the UFC is considering it's easy that. To really, sell. It's very easy. I mean, it'd be probably one of the ma- more massive pay per views of the year, mm-hmm. whatever one they put him on. So I would probably venture to say we're going to see a conclusion in July. I bet by July, whatever that heavyweight fight's going to be is when we'll see it because mm-hmm. it's going to be big. How would either one of you feel if they stripped the title and just threw it on Gone? I wouldn't like that move. I don't think you can just give it to somebody. No. I mean, they've done it. I, and I'd they rather did. see an interim situation. Um, who did they do that to? I feel like they did that to... Didn't they do that to Alvarez? No. Who did he be, who did he beat to get the belt? I thought somebody were... I, 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 not, maybe not him. I feel like they've done that before. I thought, I thought he'd be RDA. Oh, no. I'm thinking of when, like, when they brought in... Because, like, Aldo got the belt immediately, but he was the champion from... Mm. WEC when they bought it and then they brought in those smaller weight classes yeah but sure. I just wasn't sure because like, you never know what they're going to yeah, do they won't, they won't give it now to if you really want to make the if there MMA, was an interim champ they would but if they want to make the MMA world just twist and turn and just throw up imagine if they stripped the title and slapped it on John Jones no, and then let him fight another. they would never <laughs> I wish they would just to see Brandon just like come in here and just have like a alright I'm breaking all oh, the custom rules I just quit alright well moving on in the news we have a new uh um Vigilante out here, Batman style. Kevin Holland strikes the yeah. man. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know if you guys seen the story. Essentially, he was out eating with some friends, and he heard some commotion from a party behind him, and he heard a pop that he said he sounded like a champagne bottle. And then he noticed people were He was like, oh, no, that's not champagne. So, like, he, he tells a story. I think it was on uh, MMA Hour. He, like, picked up a chair and started going around the bar to, like, throw it at this guy. And then by the time he got over there, some other guy had grabbed the gunman and was, like, controlling his wrist and the gun. But he didn't have – he just was holding over the hammer. Mm-hmm. He didn't have the whole gun in his hand. It was still kind of, like, flying around, pointing at people. Mm-hmm. So, eventually, he goes over there, takes the dude down, slaps on a rear naked choke, and puts him out until the cops come. And the cop's like – he goes to hand him over to the cop. And the cop's like, no, you turn him over, and then I'll put the cuffs on yeah. him. So. And last year, he, like, tracked down a guy that stole somebody's car. And, like, was <laughs> yeah. it last year? I guess last yeah. Scarf hold. Last summer, yeah. Scarf hold of him. So, what, hold on. Brandon, what did you do when somebody shot up at a restaurant that you were in? I mean. Be honest. I don't. How can I answer that? <laughs> he went back into a defensive <laughs> position <laughs> yeah. and protected his family. I went to it. Yeah. You guys laugh. I <laughs> hope hey, this. Sh- am I laughing? say that. But hey, am I laughing? Being facetious. No, I'm not. I said <laughs> I what you did. Oh, I'm definitely being facetious. <laughs> You're both being facetious. No, listen, you got to go. You got to take care of your family. Uh, I don't know what this guy's going to do. I love it. I but love also, it. Colin definitely said he was definitely drunk at the time, too. So that oh, probably God. didn't change things. Okay. Well, Brandon definitely wasn't drunk. Yeah. They, he said that he was. I don't remember what he said he was drinking, but he said, I was good. I was drinking with my people. I was eating. I drunk some more. Oh. <laughs> But can you imagine a drunk Kevin Holland just on your back choking the worst, you? The worst part of that story is that the restaurant did not cover his bill. Yeah, he didn't. What? Over all 200 bucks or whatever yeah. it was. Got to start eating at better restaurants, man. Yeah. yeah. Moving on, we got a couple more good ones, uh, including this potential of Conor McGregor trying to fight Kamara Usman. It's never going to happen. It seems you say legit, that, dude. No, there's, a, there's a lot of news outlets that picked it up, and I don't think it's just Conor talking. Listen, everybody connected to the UFC – you know, Bisping's been on Joe Rogan talking about it. Like 
everybody, a lot of people who are connected are bringing it up. Whether they're saying it's happening or not, they're bringing it up, and it kind of makes me feel like I think it's it a feeler to see what people would react if they yeah. did it. Because I, 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 I thought the 55 was a chance, but I also didn't know if he could make 55 because he's gotten real swole mm-hmm. post-injury. That would be the most outlandish thing they've ever done. But it's Conor McGregor, man. Yeah. I Everything mean, they've done is with that going to be, like, who cares? But, I, I mean, they give... Numbers. They give title shots to people all the time. But Chael Sonnen got a fight. But you Dan Henderson got his title fight after an out. I'm know. not saying you're wrong, but you also don't see every time they post the dude's name or whatever, what happens financially, I mean, the numbers, and all The that. dude sponsored this fight night last night. Did sure. You, there was a commercial brought to you by... He did... Yeah, the, the Connor did well. the commercial. Yeah. So, obviously, I mean, the, I don't know. I just feel like the connections... And I think you're running out of... Big money for Connor. Even if that fight happens, it's a terrible fight. It's a horrible fight. And and I think moving to 70 is a horrible idea for him because one of, like, Connor's biggest knock, and this is coming from a fan of Connor McGregor, is his cardio is a nightmare. So putting on all that muscle and going up in weight, I feel like is only going to make that worse. Mm -hmm. To me. I mean, just logically, right? Like, you're putting on all this muscle, you're bulking up. To me, that just makes your it's just gonna gas faster. <laughs> like right. I don't. I mean, it is a nightmare unless he goes with Hamzat and Dare until and, and they become the three ninjas. Yeah, <laughs> that could be big. But you know, it is it, it is a horrible fight. But who's not gonna watch it? Because people want to see Connor get beat up, it. right? And I'll probably because I'm saying all this, he'll probably end up winning. Like, first round <laughs> knock, knock him out. <laughs> um, just a small one. Um, I think it's really interesting that Dana is talking about how stupid the Usman-Canelo boxing match is. It really is. But here's the thing. He wasn't saying that when it was Connor and, and uh, Mayweather. Mm, that's a good point. It's different because probably... It, it is stupid, though. For sure. I mean, it's it's not something that makes sense as far as, like, I don't think he actually has and, a chance. And to me, it. I think Usman sounds really desperate when he talks about it. Well, to be fair, who's he have to fight? Connor? Yeah, that's a big money, dude. Red probably panty night. he's going to get yeah. yeah, and I, I've seen that Ali, his manager, came out and basically saying, well, Zufa just needs to come out with their boxing thing so we can finally start. I'm getting so blah, sick blah, of that blah. guy. Yeah. I really didn't mind Ali Abdelaziz, but I'm just getting so sick of him. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, it's kind of like the whole death. You want to go to death row? Get your, get your, right. get your, you got your uh, what do you say? Your, uh, you want producers uh, in the background? Yeah, the your producers videos? all in the videos. CEOs all in the videos. That's Ali Abdelaziz. Come Abdel-Aziz. to death row. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we also have in a weird turn of events, which we thought we were going to have some problems with this pay per view or this fight last weekend or yesterday, I guess, didn't happen. But uh, Peter Yawn's not going to have any of his cornermen for his fight coming up. Mm-hmm. They didn't get approved by their visas, so he's reaching out. Uh, originally, it was posted to reach out to Habib, mm-hmm. possibly. So Hudo stepped up saying he wants to do it. They've had a funny back and forth on Twitter um, about it. Sean O'Malley's put his name in the ring, so we might see like four fighters I, I, so cornering Jan. I've been avoiding this on this podcast for a really long time because I know it would be really controversial, and I don't want to start up really right now because we're way too deep into this episode and we got to wrap it up. What do you guys think about this whole Russian with the UFC and like should they be banning... I don't want to use the word banning UFC Russian fighters, but should they put a hold on booking them right now? 
You know, I know Luke Thomas talked a lot about it, and it's not fair to the fighters, and I, I, I agree with that. But I feel like, and especially last night where we saw a lot of Russian fighters on the card, it's creating kind of an awkwardness and like a weird tension with fans. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys saw the Volkov. Yeah. That got really hostile when he was like kind of walking out. But some of that too, though. He was in the home country. I get it. And well, but, and that's like we talked about the fans. Those types of those fans are much more passionate. Like yeah. that happens all the time in soccer games. People go nuts and there's fights. I and, just think while tensions are hot, I don't know. I, I don't want to get down the wormhole of it. That would be a good fact. I don't care about your feelings, I guess. But there's just, um, yeah, I just, I don't know how, how I feel. Because I don't feel like it's entirely fair for the fighters. But I also feel like, at least publicly, all of these fighters would support their president right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're not going to get, because uh, then I have to get into some other it, it's going to We're going to go too far in the weeds. You know but it, ju- it just kind of is creating a lot of, and like for Jan, like that sucks for Peter Jan. It just cre- it's creating a lot of weird awkwardness. And But then the UFC, you're continuing to do it, but then they're not letting guys say anything. Like they've told him like, we're not talking, which is cool. I don't really want it in fighting either, but at the but same time, we they can't. did let the know. Ukrainian fighter a couple last two cards or two cards ago the yeah, female know, she got to say oh and i wanted to bring that i'm glad you brought that up because i forgot to last night i noticed nikita krolov didn't have a flag yeah i saw dana said that was his call though. and his fighting out of they didn't say anything i just his, thought it, it was his call him being ukrainian i just thought it was but he trains in russia right so i just thought it, i thought him leaving that i've never seen anybody leave that part yeah. out so i'm saying it's just a little awkward but it's that just, keeps him away from getting booed because people probably don't even know he trains in russia yeah but then brian kelleher wanted to walk out with a world peace flag and they wouldn't let him like why yeah. like, I, I don't know i think that they're playing a very weird game I, I mean i think the whole world is playing a very weird game right now so yeah that's it oh last thing we have thug rose and carlo esparza getting oh. added a co-main event on ufc 274 the rematch I'm I'm pretty excited for it. We'll obviously talk about it more when we cover it. But Who won that first fight? Carlo, first, right? Yeah, it was on the Ultimate Fighter. Wrestler. Back when Rose had hair. Mm-hmm. It was braids, too. So, Boys, song of the week. We're going Return of the Mac by Mark Morrison. I just feel like it fits the vibe of last night. Yeah. Mm. Of the, the UK Mac? Mm-hmm. I nice. love it. Hey, do you like that song? I've heard it. Plus. Oh, Put your sunglasses on and ride out, baby. John, what's your one for the people? Uh, my one for the people. I watched an interesting movie, The Adam Project, on Netflix. I think you guys would enjoy it. Okay. The Adam Project? Yeah, it has Ryan Reynolds. It's a new movie that came out. It's pretty good. Kind of time travel What's it do. about? Oh. It's kind of time travel okay. Um, It's a little bit, I don't know, it's just, it's a good twist on that whole concept. And Mark Ruffalo's in it. Why do I know that name? But the Hulk. Oh, wait. Oh, the, the guy that yeah. plays the Hulk. Okay. Gotcha. Bruce Banner. Oh, man, I don't have anything today. Come on. What do you guys do when you just don't have something? I, here's the thing. Every week, I, I, I finish this podcast. I've got this. three things. Okay. Well, you go ahead then. No, you go. Well, here's go. the thing. I end every podcast. I'm like, dang it. I forgot to like think about one for the people because I always forget and I don't have anything and I have to think about it like real quick. And every single time, I still forget. Is so it because you don't care about a lot of things? So you don't have Oh, no, I care about a lot of things, but I just feel like they're not things that other people would care about. So I often But you don't know that until you present it to them. I just love a boring life, I guess. Oh, okay. There you um, go. Here we go. I'm starting to bike. Uh, I'm, I'm getting my bike today, actually. Pedal bike, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to start biking to work when it's not raining now. I've, not, go ahead. Not so much. I mean, it is a save on gas, but it's also something I've been wanting to do for a while because I live pretty close. So anyway, pretty excited about that. So a buddy of mine just got an e-bike, and I'm really considering it. Mm. Really considering an e-bike. Like a motorized bicycle? They're kind of like electric, but like when we were in Florida... That's like how everybody gets around there. Like the scooters in Indy? 
Kind of, yeah, but more like like main transportation you, you really style. You could really probably get somewhere pretty decent. If yeah, I man. I mean, and it's, I don't know. I was like, man, those look fun. And then he just got one, and I'm like, ooh, kind of want one of those. Nice. Um, mine, bad times don't last, bad guys do. Rest, Rest in, in peace. peace, Scott Hall, baby. Yeah. And then I started thinking, NWO is a trio. If we were NWO, who would be who? Mm. Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall. I know. Who are you calling? I'm Hollywood Hulk Hogan, baby. I'm yeah. the prime time. I'm the main event. You guys are nothing without me. I get the titles. I put you guys over. We also say the N word later in history. Well, we're not going to go <laughs> there. Video. We're not going to go there. <laughs> who do you think? Who do you see us uh, as? Um, I'm Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Uh-huh. I know Kevin uh, Nash. I don't know the other. John's guy. Kevin. He's big, sexy Kevin Nash. Really only knows like two or three things. You know, but, doesn't do much. He's, you know what I mean. Like but could could like, be the guy, like but in terms of his skill set, like yeah, big doesn't boot, doesn't like really know. Kind of yeah, he's just a big guy. But essential. He, he he knows some things. You have but, to have this guy. But you need him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. tag teams are horrible without one big. Yeah, guy. for Come sure. On. Yeah, there you go. Um, and then Brandon, you're our, you're our Scott Hall. You're the you're the bad guy. People love to hate you. I see him more of like Buff Bagwell. <laughs> Just guys, leather straps like around the arms, 90s. top hat yeah. on. Just yeah, you're 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 our bad guy, Scott Hall. People love to hate you. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. We need that heel heat. Cool. You're I, heel. I really wish you had his hair. That would be sweet. Don't know. I'm more of a '90s attitude era, so I don't. That's know. Cool. I mean, that's where he's number two for me. Using the wolf pack too. F1 is back, baby. First race is actually going on right now. So who's your dark horse? Uh, probably Jack Jimmy. Jack Jimmy. Uh well. I mean, I think it's not really dark horse, but the Ferrari team, I think Ferrari's back this year. Really like Haas, the American team who literally finished one and two in last mm. place last year. But this year, looking really good. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have a dark horse. Nice. You literally sit down and watch these cars race on TV. Mm-hmm. Two hours. bought their jersey. Bought their jersey. Two I hours. I have another one on the way. <laughs> last little <laughs> shout out I want to do. Co- Shout out to KHS, man. They lost in the semi-state last night yep. but by two points to a team that was 28-0. Number two, three for me. Purdue, second round of the NCAA tourney today as well. Let's go. I think Notre Dame is too. Huh? Are they going to win? It's a tough game. Texas. I would say this might be one of their toughest. If they lose, if they win this, I think they can get to the final four. Um, and then my last thing, Gable Stevenson. Last backflip, baby. Last backflip. Put the shoes on the mat last night. But my main thing with this, DC on commentary for NCAA wrestling, I'm here for that. He did a phenomenal job. I can see that. Great job commentating NCAA. You guys are both looking at me like you didn't watch. have no idea what I'm talking about. Definitely didn't watch. But I did research the welterweights and light heavyweights or lightweights of our European MMA teams. That's probably what I was doing. It's all right. You watched the whole tournament? No, just watched Gable. Um, I saw... How are you going to call me out like that and then say I only watched one (laughs) match? So, I actually was going to get on this last week with the whole... I said I have something on NCAA wrestling and then I just kind of stopped. Other than the finals... They do a horrible job of being able to like find matches and watch it. I don't know where you go to watch it's them. Network. But it's That's just it. it's just unorganized. Like mm. it's just it's it's like my same gripe with the Olympics. How the heck am I supposed to watch this stuff? Like you, it's just a mumbo jumbo mess and I don't know where to go. Yeah. You can always watch the finals cuz they put them on Big ESPN. Um I saw RBY one. Um can't really think of it. We got to look else. up the results of that wrestling tournament I sent you with uh I think Kyle Snyder won. Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to see the results of it. I, I just feel like it was I cool. saw that. That's it, boys. A little bit of a longer one today because we had the all-time. Apparently, we're doing USA next week. It's a big USA. one. USA. Get your teams ready. America. Wait, I'm not going to be yeah. here. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Brandon doesn't get a team for USA. That sucks for him. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Bye. Bye.